0: Hey, welcome to Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I'm not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. Happy Father's Day to all of the dads out there. You are rock stars, you're incredible, you are leaders, you are role models, you are superheroes. Happy Father's Day to you. Take this day, take a little bit for yourself Be a little selfish. It's the one day you have the opportunity to have some time to be selfish. But be selfless because you're still a dad. Your kids still look up to you. Your wife still adores you. Be super dad. Reflect on all of the incredible experiences that you have had as a dad. Think about all the wonderful things that you'll get to experience in the future because you're a dad. Be thankful. Express some gratefulness to God, that you get to be a dad, that he has placed children in your life, and you have the opportunity to know what it's like to be a father. It's a wonderful experience. It is one of the greatest gifts that God can give you as a man, the experience of being a dad. It's wonderful. It's great. So again, happy Father's Day. I hope you make the most of this day. I hope you continue to be that superhero in the eyes of your children. I just hope it's a great day for you. But thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to me, to listen to Father in Our Future. And if you're not listening on Father's Day, just don't tell me and I won't hold it against you. But I do have something special today that I wanna share, something that I came across a while back and I think it's incredible. It really helped me. It really caused me to sit down and think and ponder and say, maybe there's some things that I need to keep in mind. And so I want to talk to you about that today. And it revolves around Abraham. Abraham is a character in the Bible. You probably know who Abraham is, but maybe you don't know everything about Abraham. So we'll run through his story a little bit. And we're going to stop at a certain point where most people don't stop. And this is where I want you to catch the revelation. So Abraham, historical figure mentioned in the Bible, pretty prominent character. Okay, this is why most people know who he is. He's considered to be Father Abraham or the father of the faithful. It is not because he was a Catholic priest. That's not why he is called Father Abraham. He had a big promise given to him By God so Abraham was married to his lovely wife Sarah and God called them out of their hometown which was a big thing most people don't realize this but the culture that Abraham was in was very much communal it was very much we are with our tribe of people we stick with our tribe of people and God calls Abraham and says I want you to leave your tribe of people was a big deal but Abraham trusted God and he and his family he and Sarah they took off they went out into the middle of nowhere looking for a land that God would show them Abraham is the father of the faithful because he expressed such great faith throughout his life he is mentioned and recognized for his faith throughout the Bible. The Apostle Paul writes about him in the book of Romans and says that he wavered not, or he staggered not at the promises of God. He was faithful, super faithful. Now, this does not mean that he was perfect. I know a lot of times we throw out these really nice, rewarding and accommodating words like faithful, and we think, Okay. I'm kind of messed up. (laughs) You ever see that video where the Grinch is doing yoga and just lets out this screech. That's this horrible yelling. I'm a little messed up. Yeah. So that's kind of what it's like. You know, we hear stories about people like Abraham and we think, okay, this is totally unrelatable because this man did things that I would not dare do. Yeah, maybe I'm a Christian, but that's crazy. Like, I'm in the 21st century. I'm in a different world. I'm not just going to abandon everything and hope that I find something. Okay, we're we're a little removed from that culture and that way of life. I get it. I get it. But just because he was faithful does not mean that he was perfect. I would ask you to go and start reading at Genesis 12 and read the story of Abraham, and you will find out. Homeboy was not perfect. He made mistakes. He did things that could have got him in a lot of trouble. He, in spite of being faithful and trusting God, sometimes he tried to do things on his own agenda to ensure that things were going to happen in his favor. He wasn't just the most trusting, perfect saint. He had his shortcomings. So don't think, oh, Abraham's so faithful. I'm going to stop listening to this because I can't be that way. No, he was faithful. He's the father of the faithful. That's a name given to him, but it was not perfect. So The big idea of him being the father of the faithful comes from the fact that he didn't have any kids and God gives him this huge promise. He says, Abraham, I'm going to give you children and not just a couple, but your family is going to be like the sands of the sea, like the stars spread across the sky. Your family is going to be innumerable. You're going to have this ginormous family. And you are going to be the father of it all. Now, this is where the story gets a little interesting. Because again, Abraham didn't have any kids at this point. And Abraham's a little older. And so is Sarah. And God's telling them that they're going to be parents. It's a little bit laughable. It's a little bit funny. And that's exactly what they both did. On one occasion, Abraham laughs. And on another occasion, Sarah laughs. And that's where we have this really almost, I don't want to say overpreach, because it is a really good point. But a lot of people use this as a sermon title. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? That's where that infamous line comes from. Sarah laughs at this promise. The angel of the Lord says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? But they laughed because they were old. Sarah laughed because she was beyond the age of childbearing. She had lived her entire life as a barren woman, unable to have children. And now all of a sudden, when it is extra impossible for her to have kids, she's being told that she is going to have kids. At this point, it's such old news. She's almost a little bit cynical. And yes, she laughs. But wouldn't you know, they did have a son and his name was Isaac. And Isaac actually means laughter, kind of interesting, but that's what they went with, good choice. So they call him Isaac. And like I said, I'm a Christian, so I really like theology. So I'm gonna throw something at you as a little tangent here. Hopefully this can motivate you. One thing that we know now, that they wouldn't have known back then, that makes the story really cool, in my opinion, is God gives them this promise and they laugh at it because they think it is impossible. They see no way for this to happen. But we know today that when females are in their mother's womb, all of the eggs that they will have for childbearing are formed then and there. The eggs, That a woman has are formed while she is in her mother's womb so that egg that would one day be Isaac had always been there from the start when God gives you a promise God knows that everything is already in place for that promise to be fulfilled so if you feel like God has given you a promise if you feel like you've been waiting for a long time for something to actually occur because you feel God has told you that it's going to happen, stay faithful because if God promised it, God knows that everything that needs to be in place has already been in place and that it is a sure thing when God says it. So that's my little preach tangent. Let's get back to our story about Abraham and Sarah. So they have a son. His name is Isaac. They're thrilled. This is their miracle child. They've lived their whole lives. Abraham is about a hundred years old when Isaac is born and Sarah's about 90. It's an amazing miracle. And they're thrilled. They're old, but hey, they're thrilled. They're happy to have a son. And I'm sure just like any other dad, Abraham tried to teach him things. At this point, he would have had a lot to teach him being a hundred years old. I can't even imagine. I can't even remember half the stuff. And I'm only 30. (laughs) It's going to be a disaster but abraham's 100 years old and he starts the journey as a dad now if you're trying to wonder where's this story going because the bible doesn't even tell us anything about how abraham fathered isaac let's skip ahead to a story that happened a few years after isaac was born one day god speaks to abraham And God says, Abraham, I want you to take your son, Isaac, and I want you to go on a little trip. You're going to take a boy's trip with Isaac. And I want you to go out on this journey until you find a mountain that I tell you to stop at. And when I tell you what mountain to stop at, I want you and Isaac to go to the top of the mountain. And once you get there. I want you to sacrifice your son, Isaac, to me. That's a big request. I would probably just have to, you know, give God a time out there and be like, "Um, let's revisit this um, way down the road. Because I don't even know how you could process that. I mean, that is a huge, huge request for a father to give up their son. I have no idea how Abraham could have processed this, but what comes next baffles me. The Bible says that after God told Abraham what he wanted him to do, that Abraham woke up early the next morning. You see, the Bible is very intentional when it uses language. When it says that Abraham woke up early, it's because it wants you to understand a point. Why do you wake up early? You wake up early generally because there's something of value that you have to accomplish. If you depend on your job, if you have to be to work on time or that is it, you wake up early. Because, you know, I have to put food on the table. I've got to put fuel in the car. I've got to be able to put clothes on people's backs. I've got to be able to pay the mortgage or pay the rent. I've got to be to work. So you wake up early. You make sure you're dressed. You make sure everything's set up the night before. You get to work and you're not just on time, but you're there early so that when the day starts, you're already in place. You're not, you're not going to have anything held against you from your employer, from your boss, you're going to be there and you're going to be an outstanding employee because you need to make the money. You need the job. Think about your wedding day. You probably didn't oversleep for your wedding day. Now, if you did, cool story, but you're probably still single. (laughs) Uh, If you were late to your wedding day, it, it probably didn't happen. Now, if it did, you know, you should be really thankful that you're married to such a gracious person. Uh, but I'm sure that's going to be forever held against you. So I, I do not I do not envy your situation. But I remember my wedding day. I got up early. I was dressed way ahead of schedule. We took our pictures. We did our thing. I, I was there. I, I was there where I was supposed to be before I was supposed to be there. Because that was a big deal. When I, we were getting ready to have Frankie man we had our bags packed he did come early in the morning but but we had everything prepared because when you know you have something of value to do you do it ahead of time you make sure that there is adequate time to get everything done and generally that means you wake up early that day and that's what abraham did abraham was told by God to go and sacrifice his son. And Abraham so valued the word of God and the instruction of God that he wakes up early the next day, probably full of fear, probably suffering from anxiety, worried and disturbed, yet God spoke it, so he was going to do it. He was going to be faithful. So he wakes up early. He gets a couple of servants. He gets his son, Isaac. They go on the journey. They find the mountain. God speaks to Abraham and he says, this is the place. So Abraham tells the two tagalone guys, hey, I want you to camp out at the bottom of the mountain. And me and Isaac, we're going to go up and we're going to worship. And so they start up the mountain and they get there. And Abraham constructs an altar. He ties up Isaac and he lays him on the altar. Now, this is where people like to keep telling the story that as Abraham raises the knife to strike down and to sacrifice his son, the angel stops Abraham and points him to the ram that's caught in the thicket nearby and says this is the sacrifice that god's providing that's the story that people like to tell but one day i stopped i stopped at the verse that said he built the altar he tied up his son and he laid isaac on the altar and i thought about something at this point abraham He's about 115, 116 years old. Scholars believed that Isaac was 16 at the time. I guarantee you that a 16-year-old young man is faster and stronger than a 116-year-old fart. I guarantee that that is the case. But what is amazing to me is although Isaac was aware to some extent about what was going on, he had the ability to outrun his father. He had the ability to manpower his father, but he didn't do it. Why would Isaac willingly allow his father to bind his hands and lay him on an altar when he knew good and well what goes on that altar is about to be sacrificed. That baffled me. I thought about it, and I couldn't come to a great answer, and then it's like it just became crystal clear. Isaac, as a 16-year-old young man, heard the stories of his father who, when he was called by God to go out in the middle of nowhere and find a place that God would show him, he did it. He saw the experiences that his father was faced with, the challenges that he was faced with. And every time Abraham was faithful, he trusted God and he relied on God to get him through those challenges. Isaac grew up watching his dad consistently stay faithful to the ways of God, to the word of God, to the instruction of God. Even when it didn't make sense, even when it was confusing, even when it went against the grain a little bit, Abraham stayed faithful and Isaac watched. And so It should not catch us off guard that when Isaac finds himself tied up on an altar, knowing that he's the sacrifice, he's probably confused, a little fearful, very unsure of what's really going on. But instead of fighting and trying to do things his own way, he chooses to be like his dad. He chooses to trust that if God told his dad this is what he was supposed to do, that God probably has this figured out and God knows what's best. Isaac was just trying to be like his daddy. Isaac witnessed his dad be faithful throughout the years, heard the stories of his faithfulness. And when Isaac was confronted with his own challenge, Isaac thought to himself, I'm going to be like my dad. I may not understand what's going on. This may not make sense to me. But God has proven to be true in my dad's life so i will trust just like my dad that god will come through again for me and that's exactly what happened but what a beautiful what a beautiful element of the story that isaac could have avoided that scenario he could have ran down the mountain he could have taken off he could have gone somewhere else, abandoned his family, his crazy family for trying to sacrifice him. But instead, he wanted to be like his dad. He followed the model that his father had set before him. And he chose just like his dad to be faithful. Dads, you probably already know this, but your kids want you. They see the things that you do. They hear the things that you say. They see the things that you see. And they don't look at it from a judgmental perspective. They don't look at it and say, oh, I wish my dad didn't do that. They look at it and they say, if my dad does that, I want to do it. Your kids absorb what you do. And because you are their dad, because you have relationship with them, they look up to you and they desire to do the same things. I remember when Frankie was probably two, maybe three. There was a period of time where, uh, just to be honest with you, I was feeling lazy. So I Didn't want to fix my hair. I was just putting a hat on for almost every occasion. And Frankie noticed that every day daddy was wearing a hat. So Frankie was asking, he was like, I want a hat. Can I have a hat? Give me a hat. Hey, can we go to the store? I want a hat. You know, kids know how to be consistent. So um, through his uh, annoying persuasion, we went to Walmart. We got him a hat or two. I don't remember. But we let him get himself dressed sometime maybe it might have been the next day it might have been the next week but he comes downstairs and he's got his cool dude shirt on his shorts on put his shoes on all by himself and he's got his hat on and I came out and I don't know what was wrong with me that day but maybe I felt inspired who knows Uh, I had enough gumption that day to fix my hair and start the day And I came out Frankie looked at me a little bit confused but also a little bit hopeful. He said, dad, are you gonna wear your hat right in the heart? I said, yeah, Baba, let me go get my hat. Because I knew that the only reason Frankie wanted to have a hat on is because he wanted to be like me. And that's a simple, simple example, but it's a truth that will stand true throughout your experience as a dad your kids will watch you. They will look up to you and they will strive to be like you. So my challenge to all the dads today, myself included, is let's father like Abraham. Let's be a consistent role model. Let's be someone who's disciplined. Let's be men of integrity, let's be men who are faithful, who are consistent, who are true, who are people of value, that we're value driven and value oriented individuals. Let's be people that we really want our children to be because they will be like us. We are their example. We are their role model. And let's be people that when we see ourselves reciprocated in our children, that it makes us proud. That it makes us feel a little bit humbled that that little precious child would want to be just like us. So that's my challenge to all the dads today. Let's strive to father like abraham never sacrifice your child i'm just going to just put that as a disclaimer don't don't ever try to do that but you know set that model so that when your children find themselves in a place of difficulty they'll think to themselves what would daddy do in this situation let's strive to father like abraham so i hope you'll think about this i hope you'll chew on this and make this a goal because again i'm not perfect as a dad you're probably not perfect either, but every day we can strive to be better dads. And trying to father like Abraham, I think that's a good thing. Thank you for listening today. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I hope you'll join me next time.